Welcome, fiends of the pod. I'm your host, film critic and comedian Nate Wyckoff, and I want to tell you that you can go to cultandclassicfilms.com to buy exclusive ultra-low-budget films directly from us. And I want to say this. Money goes directly to the filmmakers with our films. We do not sell movies without paying the filmmakers. So you're doing good, and you're getting an awesome product that is guaranteed to be so weird that all of your other friends will not believe it exists but it does and you can get it you can also subscribe and get them delivered to your door every month at a big discount make sure you like and subscribe tell your friends tell your enemies and for every like subscription and sale we make we're gonna bring back exploitation i promise enjoy the show welcome to cult and classic <laughs> Welcome, friends and fiends, to another episode of Colton Classic Podcast. This is part two of our Studio Ghibli double feature. Last week, we talked about 1984's Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, and uh, it's definitely uh, an impactful fantasy war film, uh, the film that was made by Miyazaki right before founding Studio Ghibli. And then this one is 1992's Porco Rosso, or in Japanese, Kurnai no Buta. Now, this is one of those where you tell people the plot and they just look at you like, are you stupid? Um, because it sounds insane. Uh, but it's, it's, I found it quite an enjoyable, beautiful film, and so have many others. This is one of the lesser-known Studio Ghibli films here in the West. I'm not quite sure why, probably because it's so outlandish in plot. The plot is that in uh, 1930s sort of Europe, uh, there is a... Uh, is it, is it the Adriatic Sea? There is a yes. a bunch of sky pirates, like Tailspin, if anybody remembers that Disney vehicle about the same time, actually. And sky pirates, they're, they're these silly groups of gangs, like a, like a cutesy Mad Max that fly around and they attack cruise ships and other things and take money and hostages. And Porco Rosso, uh, uh, the Crimson Pig, uh, his actual name is Marco, is a man pig he's a, a a humanoid pig with a mustache who flies a red plane and is a flying ace and he is a mercenary hired by these ship runners and things to fight off these gangs and he's sort of a celebrity and it turns out he's been cursed uh, in world war one he was a flying ace and then when he was the only survivor of his squadron he became a pig and we don't really know the reason did he become a pig because he uh why why did he become a pig because he ran away from other people because he's very very misogynistic those are all true things but we don't know why exactly he thinks it's because he survived and the others didn't and he thinks it's because he only thinks of himself um so he sort of just has accepted that he'll be a pig forever as a smattering of other characters, there are uh, there's Gina who owns a a floating or not a floating an island hotel and restaurant and is sort of beloved by all sky pilots. And I don't know why I say sky pilot. What do they call them? Um, uh, water boat pilots. What do they call them? Seaplane. Seaplanes. Jeez, thank you. Sorry, all not uh, aeronautics fans. Um, seaplane pilots. Uh, who are treated sort of like cowboys. They're expected to be honorable and, and gallant and things like this. Uh, although many of them are not. And there's Gina. She owns the hotel. She's clearly in love with Marco, but he obviously won't touch that because he thinks, uh, I'm a pig. And enemy is a pig. And so uh, he ends up 
being confront being ambushed basically by this obnoxious young American pilot who is trying to make a name for himself and is working for the uh, sky pirates. And he shoots him and destroys his plane. So Marco the pig has to, he's like, screw it. I'm going to go to Milan and I'm going to go to my favorite mechanic and they're going to build me a better plane. And then I'll go back and, and do more mercenary work. I don't really care about fighting this other guy. I, I'm a pig. I'm not a person. I don't have honor. So he goes to Milan. Well, Italy is in the middle of fascist rule and they have um, a warrant out for him because he's a deserter from the military. And also he seems to have stolen a, a, a special plane of which there's only one that's that's alluded to but we don't ever really know well uh he has he ends up having the plane built by his mechanic's granddaughter theo who is sort of this wild 17 year old who sort of has a crush on him by the end um what i really like is that you always worry because porco rosso as a character is supposed to be a womanizer and he's definitely smooth for a walking pig but you're always worried like when you first see this film that maybe he's going to become a love interest because you do the math and he's probably like 40 something 47 ish uh or 47 ish 37-ish, he's somewhere in there. He's in. He's an adult, and this is a 17-year-old girl. Luckily, that doesn't happen. It's actually played very cute. And Theo is a, a great mechanic, and she not only rebuilds his plane to be super spectacular, but she also turns all the other Sky Pirate gangs, when he returns to the Adriatic, to sort of these honorable men. But they still are mad at the pig, so they make a one-on-one -on -one fight set up like a like a boxing bout but with a dog fight with this american guy and the american guy and porco rosso have at it they trade blows they eventually land and start one of my favorite scenes is when they're in the air and they both uh, can't use their guns anymore and they start hucking things at each other across their cockpits it's a beautiful scene it's fantastic until they land and then they start a fist fight <laughs> and uh and yeah you don't know if um, the end is, it's not ambiguous, but they have this bit, which always drives me bonkers, even though I don't hate it. I just get frustrated. They, they tell you what happens a little, but they don't, they're like, it's going to be a secret what happens with Marco, the pig and Gina, the one that clearly that he loves her and vice versa. We don't know if they get together or not. I like to think they do, but I hate that inception moment. I'm like, bite me. The coin fell over. So, uh, anyway, that's the plot of this movie. It has lots of fun characters. The tone, unlike Nausicaa, the Valley of the Wind, which has a serious tone and people die, this movie, the gangs of sky pirates are actually quite kind. They're very adorable to little girls that they kidnap, little schoolgirls. Uh, everything is happy. There's really, there's excitement, but there's no danger, if that makes sense. Your kids can watch this movie without any fear of them crying. It's super fun, it's super happy, and it was a great delight, especially in the times that we're still living in now with COVID and terrible politicians uh and uh you know burning plastic water so let's dive right into our thoughts jeff uh i know you've seen this before so what did you think watching it this time um yeah i mean i've seen this movie several times um you know i i, I was obviously looking at your paper slightly... journey did you actually write notes yeah i actually wrote notes oh, wow. this um <laughs> going above and beyond making wow. us all look bad i'm just kidding yeah so I think the, you know, like, he obviously he's a sexist pig, right? Like, that's his character. Yeah, he's arc. misogynistic, and he, and he keeps saying things like, Theo can't be my mechanic, and he eventually comes around, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and he eventually, like, says, like, you know, she's the best mechanic in the world, blah, 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 blah. Um, uh, but um, I, I think, 
you know, th- this movie's just so simple. It's just like um, there's really not, um, you know, again, you have like this war that's going on in the background, but it's it's so in the background that like um, it doesn't feel like it affects the story at all. Um, you know, there's, you know, like, you know, people kind of going after Porco from like all directions. The Italians are after him. The, um, uh, you know, this, this American is, you know, after him for fame. So he's just, he's getting, he's getting it from all sides. So like, there is like this driving force of, of mm. um, like kind of drama, but it, it's all fun. Like everybody's like, you know, like the, the, you know, the dog fights are entertainment. Like the pirates, like, you know, coming and stealing from the cruise ship is like entertainment. They actually like during a, one of the scenes, like they launch like some, some pilots, but it's like, it's done in such like a, you know, like they're entertaining the crews, um, like the people that are like taking the crews, you know, they're like, Hey, we, we got these great pilots and we're launching them and, you know, it's going to be great fun. You know, it's like, they're getting attacked by, you know, an army of pirates, but it's, it just has that, it has such a, uh, like a, a fun feel about it. Like nobody, like everybody's having a blast, you know, it's like, Hey, come rob us. You know, we got, uh, we got some defenders, you know, we're going to, we're going to be entertained by watching them try to defend us. It's, it's such a kind of like a, an awkward thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, there's like a love story in there. I don't know. It's just, it, it really is kind of um, uh, it's, it's maybe a little bit less like message forward for, for kind of Miyazaki um you know like there's the line of sexism but there really isn't that much um kind of in terms of like morality or um you know growth or you know people learning lessons or whatever yeah i mean i think it's the it's if anything it's more of the um life lesson sort of thing than the ethics lesson like you know he he sees that women can not only be uh capable but can be the better uh, just like anyone can be better than anybody else at something. Uh, but he still chooses to remain sort of aloof. And we assume because he looks like a pig, although we actually don't know that he stays a pig, right? Because the final scene, um, we see him and the American running off to lead the Italian uh, military away from the people fleeing the the, the exhibition dogfight. And, uh, and we hear the the cowboy the american guy say wait your face your face so we can assume that maybe he changed back and and we kind of got glimpses of him maybe changing back earlier well, I think, on i think that yeah like i think it's kind of like him being at peace like essentially right. when he's when he's at peace with himself like he's at peace on his beach yeah. um like kind of in one of the penultimate scenes um you know um you know, he's going through bullet casings day. at night throwing out rusted ones and yeah yeah it seems like when he's at peace with himself and he's not thinking about because it's like you know the guilt is it feels like guilt exactly it feels like his curse is guilt uh and maybe it's all self-inflicted because when he explains to theo why he thinks he's cursed she's like that's not it like that's stupid (laughs) um uh, yeah so that was great Uh, let's move get through this because i want to get to some some more facts about this film tad uh have you seen this film before and uh if so what do you think about it watching it now I had not seen it before. I knew about it. And uh, I think it shot to the top of my favorite Miyazaki films, not only because it was a joy to watch, but because it now has one of my favorite lines ever. Um, And Jeff, feel free to help me because I'm going to paraphrase here. 
but uh when he's when he's trying to to buy the repairs for his plane and feels like is it because i'm a woman or is it because i'm 17 and he's like honestly it's both and i love the fact that she doesn't get indignant about it she's just like well i can't help being a woman <laughs> yeah well he actually no she actually she puts him in her place there he she she says to him like uh didn't you like win this like great sea battle when you were 17? Yeah. Um, you know, like, oh, interesting. it was I'm based on, too. Yeah. yeah, it was like based on talent, you yeah. know, and not just experience and, and, you know, like I can't help being a woman, but you know, like give me a shot. And, yeah. you know, so he kind of got put in his place and then, you know, he gives her I, the I, shot. I, but it is, a, it is a beautiful, like, yeah, she got you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was, she's my favorite character in the movie because she she clearly doesn't take any shit, but she really takes a lot in stride too, and it's adorable. And let's so let's I want to I want to mention too. This also has one of my favorite lines, which is Gina, who's voiced in the dub by Susan Egan, who is great. She was in a horrendous uh, Disney Channel production of a weird musical version of Aladdin uh, with Barry Bostwick from Rocky Horror Picture Show, which you can get this film uh, both on DVD and you can get it at Rift Tracks, which is hilarious. And she does a great job playing a Chinese princess let's just throw that out there her name is susan egan so we can just assume but anyway she does a great job voicing gina but gina gets proposed to by the young american and she gives him this speech in response and then she says and i think this is a direct quote she says uh love in the adriatic is a little more complicated than it is in america go have fun in hollywood little boy and yeah. walks away and he's just like oh, oh. like i've never seen a better read in an anime film in my entire life it was so brilliant <laughs> and i love that um yeah i, I think this is a really fun film and just throw some facts out there. This was originally made as a 45, 50 ish minute, somewhere around there, uh, film for Jap uh, Japan airlines. So people would actually watch this in the thing. And then it was during the Yugoslav wars, it was actually expanded and quote unquote made a little more serious. I don't, think this is a serious film in a war sense we've seen with Nausicaa and the Valley of the Wind what Miyazaki can do with that but it is when it was expanded it's very clear that World War II is preparing to happen right like we we get the bits that it, it you know Italy is now under fascist rule and we get the bits that uh that Marco Porco Rosso refuses to fight in a war anymore um we get his uh we have this vision from when he tells the story about when he became cursed of all these other planes lots of them are uh world war ii planes uh japanese planes italian planes german planes all these planes floating up to sort of the celestial heaven sort of and and he's going back down to earth uh we get these moments where and he has a very direct line he's like i'll something like i'll never be a fascist or like i'd rather never fly again than fly for a fascist like and it's a very direct line and it is serious to those of us who are adults and understand the historical uh, importance of, of that and that moment in time in the 30s before fully world war ii but i don't think that it actually is a film about war right uh, i really don't i think it's about maybe the effects of war but it's about self-forgiveness and accepting and learning to love people despite limitations but also knowing that a lot of times what people present is bullshit uh, and and they actually have something different behind the the visage. Uh, let's go to Greg. Greg, had you seen this film before? Uh, and if so, what are your 
takes on it now that you've watched it for this? Uh, yeah, I had seen it before. Um, I was really worried going into it again, thinking that I think the last time I saw it, you know, I was a 18 year old white guy and maybe I just loved, you know, a pig being an asshole for two hours <laughs> and that's what captured me. But I, I liked it a lot. Um, Jeff, I really liked what you said about, you know, maybe him being a pig is survivor's guilt. Maybe it's a metaphor for PTSD. It has this layer to it for what is ultimately a very lighthearted, you know, thrills, but no danger film. Um, Nate, I loved what you said with the, um, with uh, Fia and her grandfather Piccolo, I believe mm -hmm. um, when like Piccolo's like, Oh, like Porco, like, do you think my granddaughter's pretty? And he's like, sure. Or whatever. And he's like, cool, don't touch her. <laughs> and Porco's like, like, I think don't, don't worry about it. Um, it, it makes just, me tired just looking at her yeah, or something like that. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And I'm, and I'm like, that's a, that's a funny little brush off and like, just kind of, Hey, don't, don't worry. Like this film's not about to be weird. It's, it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, we talked about in, uh, in, in Nausicaa and in, even in princess Mononoke and so much um, Japanese media, final fantasy seven, we clearly see the ramifications of having two atomic bombs dropped on your country, right. shaping all your narratives going forward and so it's kind of nice to have while porco razo is about world war one leading into world war ii it's not a film about uh mankind is destroying the fucking planet please stop please <laughs> yeah. please stop uh, please stop bombing each other like for five seconds yeah and, um, and we can see why that happened right because can you imagine watching a film about the horrors of bomb dropping while you're in a plane it just yeah well that's well that's called um graveyard of the fire or grave of the fireflies right, right yeah so that's 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 Another studio we did kill me uh, yeah we, um, we we're we, not gonna watch yeah. that one thank you soon. for yeah. not choosing that one yeah seriously yeah. <laughs> which um yeah i mean i i love this film on second go i mean i i love lupin the third i love cowboy bebop space dandy and these kind of have that like you know there's not a ton of danger and it's kind of just a fun quirky film about quote unquote gentlemen and gentlewomen duking it out for honor and pride <laughs> and space or the skies or whatever very very accurate mandy uh what was your take watching this film again i know you've seen it before oh this is one of my favorites i have it on the shelf right behind me that you can't see because of the magic of technology um and also that this is a podcast like I, bum, bum, bum. Bum, it bum, will bum, be up online yeah. on YouTube someday, guys. I promise someday. I have not forgotten. But for, for the meantime, bear with us as we bring you tons of free content every week. Yes, but this is one that I have an actual physical copy of. I love this film. I'm so glad that we watched it. Everything you guys said, I agree with 100%. It's just thrills, no danger, really great character development, strong female characters, as always, from Miyazaki. Um, and just like beautiful uh, scenery uh, and really interesting villains. Well, quote unquote villains are not like doing really bad stuff. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to um, uh, the voice casting for this one. Because when we talked about Princess Mononoke, I, I can't help but mention that I sometimes wish they wouldn't cast high profile uh visual actors like Michael Keaton and things who plays Porco Rosso in this uh, as the voice talent, not because they're not good, but because I think there is uh, a lot of room for people who are more specifically voice actors who can really bring a huge amount of nuance that, um, that screen and stage uh, actors aren't always 
uh, as adept at because they are used to having another element, another dimension to their acting, which is the visual aspect. Uh, however, we have some of the the people who've made successful crossovers both ways in this one, uh, maybe more so than Nasca in the Wind Valley, like Bill Fagerbake, uh, who I always mispronounce his name, so I apologize, but he is brilliant. I remember him as a kid from as as uh, as one of the assistant managers on coach uh, the craig t nelson vehicle but most people will recognize him as patrick star from spongebob squarepants and hearing his voice at any time is true magic uh he is just one of the, my favorite voice actors of all time he has such a great voice and he he's used uh, a little bit in this movie and it's nice to hear so uh, just a little bit of background so i already i already gave the info that it is uh, it was originally a short and it was expanded. There's lots of historical uh, elements worked into this and in the naming of things. For example, the engine that uh, is put into Porco Rosso's uh, plane is, um, it's called Ghibli, which is both a play on the name Ghibli, it's the studio's name, but also uh, is sort of a, a reference to an actual, I believe, Italian engine uh, and, and engine somewhere in the history of time. And there are lots of real places that such things like the little island cove that Porco Rosso calls home uh, that's based off a real place. And this story in general is based off of Porco Rosso, a manga. Um, uh, the, the manga is actually called uh, Ikautu Jedi, The Age of the Flying Boat, something like that. And it's by Hayao Miyazaki. So this is another case of him taking one of his mangas and adapting it to film uh, with some slight changes here or there. I just, I really like this one. Uh, he, I believe Miyazaki has actually said that he prefers the French dub of this film versus uh, any other dub. And I, I'm sure that it's because of the European influence. And of course, Gina speaks, like they speak French in, in, in this area. So uh, Gina in the hotel, she sings a song in French. Um, I think that probably he sees it as being more to, to the character of the piece. So that's interesting. You guys can check that out if you have the physical copy. I'm pretty sure it has the French dub on there, at least mine does. So that's an interesting side note. We're gonna slam here right into the recommendations and I'll start, yes, I recommend Porco Rosso. I recommend it all the time. Whereas Nasca in the Valley of the Wind, I do think you need to have a solid two hours blocked out and it's kind of intense with its themes. Uh, and I always cry when I watch it. Porco Rosso, you can throw on at any point in time. Throw it on for kids, throw it on for your friends' kids. Anytime you need something for, because it's just, it's fun, it's flashy. And by the way, guys, this even the streaming quality on HBO, but the, 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 the HD transfers they have of this movie, all of the 90s and up uh, Studio Ghibli films, it is startlingly crisp. It is absolutely beautiful. Um, the animation is beautiful, it's crisp. I just, I could look at these films all day. Um, so I absolutely recommend it. This is one of those that is, it's good for just about anybody. Everybody's going to have a good time and not be too stressed out. Tad, would you recommend Porco Rosso? It sounds like you would. Fuck yeah, I would. I don't really have to speak of why. Just go watch it and enjoy it. Sounds good. I mean, it's just a fun film. And I would say, I would also suggest watching... Um, uh, the Return of the Cat, or the Cat's the Cat's Return, I think is what they call it uh, in the American translation. But that's another Studio Ghibli film. It is not directed by Hayao Miyazaki as this and Nausicaa, The Valley of the Wind are, but they both have a similar tone. I will also caution you, I'm not going to say don't read the original manga of The Cat Returns. Uh, I believe it's called The Baron Returns. 
it's just a little bit depressing compared to the film, which are not. But The Cat Returns and Porco Rosso, they have this very fun, happy, funny vibe that just, it makes you happy to watch it. Jeff, would you recommend Porco Rosso? I think you hate this film. Well, I'm going to be real surprising here and say, yes, I would suggest this. <laughs> this I think this one is has, has a success in probably a broader audience uh, because it's set in the real world and it's so light and fun. Yeah. Um, it's even though there are like, you know, like you, know, you might get triggered if you're really like just hate seeing sexism, but like, or if you've been it, in world war one. Yeah. If, if you actually like, you know, we've all read the, like, like a, like I described in the previous <clears throat> review, there's like some missing chapters of Nausicaa that we like, there's all this story that's going on in, in this world that exists in this one. We've read the stories, but yeah, I, I, I imagine if you've actually lived those chapters, this could be, uh, you know, bring back some trauma, but um, you know, otherwise it's, you know, just this kind of silly fun, like the pirates are having fun. The people who are hostages are having fun. You know, the cruise ship who's getting robbed is having fun. Everyone's just having a good time and you will too watching it. It's treated like one of the um, action stage shows at Universal Studios. You know, there's like uh, gunfights going off and then there's a little joke. Um, Mandy, would you recommend Porco Rosso? Of course I would. It's fantastic. It's cute. It has gangs just like in Warriors, um, which all have their own themes. <laughs> Another family friendly film. Adorable. Yes. Like my favorite is like the old grandpa pirate clan. Chicken. <laughs> They're always chicken and like, I don't know, it's just so ridiculous. Um, and like everyone said, it's so fun and so sweet and so light. Uh, and But there are more thoughtful themes running throughout as you would expect from a Miyazaki film. And yeah, it's in, it's in my top five. So. And I, I like you said, it's so light because it really does show the versatility of Studio Ghibli. Like you have Nausicaa and then you have Porco Rosso. Like both exist on the same continuum, even though there's such a different vibe and, and intensity level to them. Uh, wrapping this up with Greg, would you read, recommend Porco Rosso? And if so, why? Yeah, I mean, I, I just love the theme. I love the vibes of it. Um, that that final boxing scene, it's just fucking great with, with everyone. <laughs> Their faces are pummeled. They're missing yeah. teeth. But, like, everyone's there cheering them on, and it's clearly not, like, this mean-spirited grudge match. It's kind of just about, like, this, like, hey, like, we're not here to kill each other, but we're gonna... One of us has to be the winner. That's just how it's gotta be. It's a point of pride. Um, you and they're know, having oh. a full-on conversation, like a drunken conversation <laughs> while they're stumbling back and forth. Yeah, and like having a heart to heart. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and the the American is trying to get Porco to like, hey, like you should really date Gina. Like, what do you mean I should date Gina? Like, like, like she's in love with you. Like, what? And then he like sucker punches him and knocks him <laughs> in the water. Um, yeah, it's a great film. But you know what? If this is too lighthearted for you and you want a war movie to fuck you up, um, you know we we talked about Grave of the Fireflies. That's a it's a great movie where a couple kids get killed, which isn't a spoiler. They tell you that at the very beginning. Hey, we're dead. Let me tell you how it happened. Um, but yeah, more seriously, yeah, Porco Rosso's great. It's yeah, it's very lighthearted. That one too. I mean, yes, Grave they of the are. Fireflies. Yes, they like, are. it is one of those films. If you want to impart to someone the impact of war, especially World War II and the dropping of the atomic bombs and things, Grave of the Fireflies is one of those where I I literally would be afraid of someone who isn't 
shaken by watching that movie um and it's beautiful and it's just crushing i have my copy that i've had for many years and i've watched it once since purchasing it it's that intense i just i mean i have it because i respect it and i think it gave me a new understanding of what it meant to be heartbroken and careful and 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 tragedy and all those things but um it's it's a powerful film so uh go pair that one up with something that is uh <sighs> I don't know, a, a Xanax and a nap. Um, but yeah, so that's that's it for this uh, second part of our Studio Ghibli double feature. Thank you guys so much for joining us. As always, we'll be back with a new episode for a new pair of mainstream cult films that are thematically linked next Tuesday. Catch our Friday mini zones where we do movie reviews and game reviews and all sorts of cool stuff. And let us know what you think. Write a review, uh, of course, on your favorite podcast searching platform and send us mail at cultandclassicpodcast at gmail.com or on our Facebook or Instagram, which you should also follow and like at Colton Classic Podcast. Thank you guys so much. And to play us out as always is the Chud with All About Evil. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me, but what's more important are the rights, privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit coltonclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.